All right. Thank you, Kelly Robinson, very, very much. You write that down. 256 1080 I had gotten the number and uh, didn't write it down. I got it so I could write it down. I am broadcasting from home today. I, I'm no pretense. When I got up and out of bed this morning, I had vertigo so badly. Those of you who have listened to this program for, uh, well, six and a half years, June 23, 2016, is when I got hit by what I have now found out is migraine-associated vertigo, MAV, not BPPV, which is, I think, more common, the inner ear problem. Anyway, today is my day, and I've got to be in a chair. I don't want any motion around me. I've got uh, black cardboard around me, so there's no, I'm not watching any birds out the window. I'm not watching anything other than the call screen. We're going to broadcast. We're going to have a garden program, and uh, this will get better as the day goes on. But this was just not a day that I wanted to have my wife or any. I sure couldn't drive to the to the broadcast studio and didn't want my wife driving me because I didn't want to see any any cars. Not the not the day for it. Anyway, we are here to talk the plants at your place. Let's put all that aside. Give me a call, won't you, please? That phone number, please give me a call. 888-256-1080. Eight is toll-free anywhere you can hear me, whether you are in the Lubbock, Amarillo areas. I say areas because they, to people who live in the Panhandle, they are very vastly different. If you ever drive from between those two cities, and look at the plants that are planted in those two cities. They are widely different. Uh, so anyway, if you're in, in the Panhandle, if you are in South Texas, way south, Corpus Christi, Victoria, Bryan College Station, Crockett, wherever you are, give us a call, won't you, please? I really would love to hear from you. And uh, that number, one more time, is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'm using one of those lines, so we only have three lines left, I guess it is now, and uh, need to hear from you and would love to get a, uh, get a call. Uh, as we head into happy November, by the way, as we head into November, there's some things that, that need to be done quickly. I, I mentioned in eGardens, my electronic newsletter, a couple of nights ago, that this is a month that really transitions. You begin the month in fall where you are still transplanting uh, things such as uh, uh, perennials, that bloom in the spring, and by the end of the month, you may be transplanting trees because you've had a hard freeze, and so it's it's quite a quite a difference. You're still able to plant ryegrass now, and by then you're going to be planting. Uh, uh, that's too early. I, I got to come up with something, but anyway, all month long you're planting pansies and pinks and snaps and other things across Texas. This is a just a, a great month. It's a great month to get gardening done, to get your compost pile up and running and in A1 shape. The leaves are coming down freely in, in much of Texas. Certainly are around our landscape. We have pecan trees, and those pecan trees that were so coated in the uh, aphid honeydew not too long ago, those leaves are coming down all over the place. They're clean now because of the rains. Hope you got some rain yesterday. That was supposed to be a... a um, just a narrow band of rain that came across Texas ended up raining in, in our hometown of McKinney, Texas, for about uh, uh, five hours with some tornadoes and other things going on around the Metroplex. So 
it was a little more than we bargained for, but a lot more rain than we expected, so that was good. Um, anyway, that's the beginning of what we have to talk about, but, uh, but I really solicit and need your calls right now. One more time, we'll take a break, but uh, please give me a call, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour here as we begin November. Well, I have a, an offer for you for my book that we have done in a, a various uh, uh, sort of a way each year for the last several years, and it's gone over really, really well. It already is going over well because we had it in eGardens, my electronic newsletter, just a couple of days ago. And uh, no, I guess I announced that it would. Um, yep, did have it in eGardens. I had to think a little bit. Uh, this is uh, the Christmas special. For, uh, for my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Let me tell you about the book first, because you can buy the book by itself if you want. This is the book that could be the only gardening reference that you uh, need for the state of Texas. It covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. Landscaping, lawns, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening. It has everything you need. Chapter 2 specifically is a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, Fertilize and spray all of your plants. It's 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It's a hardback and it's printed in Texas. I sign every copy as it sells. I self-published this book because I wanted to keep the price as low as possible. The book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. You buy it from my website, neilsperry.com. book is only $38.95. And uh, that is satisfaction guaranteed, only $38.95 for your copy. But I have a special Christmas offer that I think you'll find to be really, really good. If you're looking for a perfect gift for someone, the second and third books shipped to the same address are only $33.95. Each you are saving $5 a book. First one at $38.95, second and third shipped to the same address, just $33.95. And by shipping together, you also will save on the postage. So you save twice on the books and on the postage. If you just want one extra book, that's fine. We have boxes that will accommodate two or three books, so no problem. Order from my website, neilsperry.com. I sign every book as it sells, and your satisfaction with the book is completely guaranteed, even after it's been signed. No problem. I've had uh, more than 75,000 copies sold now. And I've not had a request for a refund yet. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, available only from my website or my office. You can order from the website at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com right now. Or you can call my office weekdays at 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. Let me uh, tell you about uh, Mueller right now. It's a pleasure to do so. This is a wonderful Texas-grown company, and they are telling us about buildings and other things that are perfect for Texas. It seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. Do a little math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room that you could uh, that you're renting, you could own your own metal storage building right there in your own backyard. That's with a Mueller backyard building. Uh, their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together design, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, 
and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes and more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind for a Mueller metal building to protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Find the location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much. Kelly, i got some bad news for you. You don't have a first call today. I know there are a lot of uh, ball games on television. A lot of people are doing things now after the uh, bad weather of yesterday. Probably out boiling the leaves off the driveway, et cetera, et cetera. I really would love to hear some calls. People tell me so frequently I can't get in on your program, and uh, this is a chance. The lines are all available to you. We have um, we have three lines available. I'm using one of them myself for this broadcast. Once again, I uh, got up this morning with a really bad bout of vertigo. And if you have not ever had that, I've been dealing with it on and off uh, for six and a half years. And it just hit like a stroke would hit. A lot of people report that they feel like they're having a stroke. I never had that sensation, but uh, it, it takes you to your chair and you hang on to the arms of the chair and, and uh, try to keep from being slung off the face of the earth. It is that overpowering, and you put a towel over your head so you don't see anything moving. Uh, when, when I'm in this kind of situation, somebody walking past me just just does it. It's, it's really something. So I understand uh, the people with the inner ear problems and Meniere's and other uh, issues there are just a lot of variations of uh, there's a lot going on right now one little area of your head mine is migraine associated uh, vertigo had headaches all my life but never serious headaches and i never thought much about it and uh, not the intense migraines that you i've had a couple like that but nothing like you hear ladies especially but a lot of people having uh, they just uh completely take them out of the picture for a couple of days and about a month after the vertigo started in 2016 they hit and the uh, folks at UT Southwestern said this is what you have so we're going through a lot of a lot of um, therapy in terms of uh, phys- physical how to cope with this how to walk and and, and uh, drive and deal with things going around. I don't drive much because of it. I just don't trust myself. And I also don't trust that this could hit while I'm out away from home. So the farthest I'll drive is to church on Sundays when it's not too busy. And I don't do that. Now we gave my pickup truck to my grandson. He's It's living in College Station now, the truck. I wouldn't call my grandson it. <laughs> so he's really special. But anyway, that's kind of where we are. That's why the Air quality is a little odd today. I'm not in the studio. 
So give me a call, please. I don't want to do a dialogue. There are things I can talk about that are relative to November gardening if I have to, but I'd rather talk about your garden, not not general things. Phone number is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Call right now, if you will, please. You need to keep, keep the leaves picked up off your ground. For several reasons that you do that when they fall, you, uh, you'll you be picking up a lot of insect and disease uh, issues, especially disease. Uh, leaves that have spores on them become the, the source of diseases for next year. Uh, the same plants, of course. Diseases are very specific to a species of plants. So you want to you keep those leaves up off the ground and not, not directly beneath the, the plants that had the problem this year. Uh, put them in the compost pile where they'll heat over the winter time, and that'll cook out the diseases. I run all these through a mower, lawnmower, before I, I put them into the compost pile. I just find that that's a whole lot better because uh, it shreds them and gets the whole process started faster. I use grass clippings in that compost pile as well. So that's uh, that's something you need to be doing now. And also by getting the leaves off the ground, off the lawn, um, some people think they get some winter protection by having leaves matted down on the soil. That's not the case at all because uh, although the grass stays green, it also is much more vulnerable to disease problems when it's down on the soil, on the top uh, when the grass is matted down by leaves. Uh, they trap warmth and they also uh, trap moisture. So you want to keep them uh, picked up. The third thing that can happen is the uh, leaves will keep the, the grass green longer than it should. And then if you get a strong north wind on the norther, uh, blow them away, then you can get some damage to the grass that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So those are reasons to keep your lawn tidy. Plus, it looks better. Your neighbors won't be so frustrated with you for contributing leaves to their lawn that they do try to keep tidy. So there. Uh, there we go. Other things that need to be done, I'll just save those for a few moments. I hope we'll get some calls, and uh, Jared uh, Taylor is uh, screening calls for me, and so uh, we'll hope that you'll wear him out here in the next few minutes. Let me get another ad break out of the way, and and that way if we uh, get some business. I I know that my air quality of my broadcast is hurting the the listenership right now, and I apologize for that. That one's on me. So let's, uh, let's get this going. Uh, Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email box, and that happens on Thursdays. I spend a lot of time writing eGardens because I have a lot of love for this uh, newsletter. It's like a a garden section. I get to be the garden editor, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, eGardens is a um, publication that has five stories each, uh, each issue each week. One of the stories is a featured plant for that week. Another of the stories is uh, is uh, gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that need to be done that weekend. comes out Thursday night, so it would be that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We also have uh, other stories, and uh, two times a month we have a featured guest writer. Diane Sitton and uh, Stephen Shambly are two of our featured guest writers, so they write once a month. And then I also have expanded the Q&A section so that you can ask questions directly there. 
and it's worked out beautifully. We get some great questions of varied interest from across the state of Texas. I enjoy that. That's what eGardens is all about. If you want to see what I'm talking about, and you say, oh, there's where Neil was talking about, uh, you go to my website right where you would sign up for it. I might add, parenthetically, that's also where you would go to buy my book. That was kind of a side hint. But uh, the eGardens page is on my website at neilsperry.com and uh, click on eGardens. You'll see where you sign up, and you'll also see the latest sample. One other uh, thing that I'll suggest to you is that eGardens is, uh, as I said, free and always will be free, and I will never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor will I ever spam you. It is exactly what you see, nothing more. So you can sign up with Trust. We have 80,000 subscribers currently. And we'd like to have it be 80,000 plus one U. So that's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. Hi, right, Kelly. Thank you very much. And that is exactly right. It's a toll-free call. Anybody can call. And we'd love to hear from you at 888 256 I have uh, somebody who had great courage and and is going to prove to you how easy it is to call this program. This is Debbie and Bowie. Debbie, how are you doing this morning? I am doing real good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How can I help you? Okay, I have two questions. One's about a crepe muzzle dish. Okay. Okay. uh, We have about one, two, three, four, about seven out here where I live. All right. Some of them's red, some of them's white. They're all beautiful. Well, the new owner of the place started cutting the uh, crepe muddle bushes. I mean, just the the limbs, the leaves, everything. And and I thought they wouldn't grow back, but they did. Right. So I was just wondering, couldn't you just prune it a little bit so it will be big and beautiful? Well, there are people who have the crazy idea in Texas that crepe myrtles have to be topped every year and, and pruned. But they um, don't because for a long time, for a lot of years, I've lived here for nine years. For like six of the years, they didn't do that. But the last yeah. three, they did it, but they've come back, but they're not as big and beautiful. That's exactly right. What happens when wow. you, I'm, I'm, I'm a founding member of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney Foundation, and we have planted mm-hmm. about 40,000 40, crepe myrtles in our city, so I wow. work with crepe myrtles all the time. And, and wow. our, website, our website would give really good information about pruning crepe myrtles if you wanted to share it with the with the people who are you know, in charge, it's crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E, crepemyrtletrails.org. Oh, cool. I, I wrote the, most of the website, and I certainly wrote the part on pruning and why wow. topping is, is bad business. Well, it ruins I, I'm going to sh- get a copy of that. I'm going to get a copy no, of that. Because no, I want to show these ladies the, what they're doing. Debbie, Debbie it's on the uh-huh. Internet. You can print a copy, but it's there for you. CrepeMyrtleTrails.org. Oh, okay. okay. And okay. what I was going to what I was going to say is that topping ruins the natural shape of the plants. They never will regrow from it. Uh, there are ways to to uh, bring them back, 
but they're really severe. They work, and I recommend them, but they're really severe. You have to cut the plants to the ground and retrain them. All that's explained in that on that website and with pictures. Right. Right. Okay, my second question. I'll, I've been, I'm a planter because my grandmother used to plant garden and flowers and everything. And I was her main girl, her, ma- her favorite grandchild. <laughs> anyway, uh, she always planted flowers, but when I like planting gladiolas because they are some beautiful flowers. And I was just wondering, in Bowie, Texas, do you think they would come out beautiful? Because I planted them in uh, Louisiana and Georgia, but not Texas yet. I think they would grow for you, and I would try a few. Um, I don't think they'll okay. grow like should the I little use the, yeah. Should I use yeah, some on, like... Baby. I don't okay, think you're sorry. hearing me. Hang on. Yeah, okay. I don't think you're hearing... Let me go ahead and finish. I don't think they will do as well in, in Bowie as they did in Louisiana and Georgia. Those are, those are much better conditions with higher humidity and better soils than, than Bowie has. I'm, I'm, I live an hour and a half from Bowie. So I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm a home guy for you, but, okay. but, but we can't grow things quite as well as Louisiana and Georgia in the case of glads. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the glad that, that is really pretty. That mm-hmm. is, uh, is my favorite of all is the Byzantine glad. Do you know that plant? No, I don't. Let me let me tell but you about I, it. I have a green thumb because I brought let me, stuff let me that tell brought me it. back to life. Let me tell uh, you that. Can I use fertilizer? Let me, let me let me tell you about Byzantine glads. It's B Y Z A N T I N E. It is an heirloom bulb. You'll find them in the older neighborhoods in Bowie, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, they bloom they bloom about half as tall as as the cut flower glads. They are generally magenta in color, and they they make clumps that establish and get bigger and bigger over the decades. They are spectacular. You find them around old homesteads that where the house is gone, and they're still out there blooming the next spring. They're beautiful, and mm-hmm. uh, that's a glad that you don't have to worry about, and it's happy to be growing in Bowie and yeah. in my hometown. Okay. Look it up on the okay, internet. Well, I'm gonna look, look around. Yeah. Yep. So that's the one okay. I would grow. I find that glads are well, kind of hard you. to grow. Thank because you very they, much yeah. for your time. You're welcome. All right. Well, have a good day. Thank you for the call. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Let's go to Ramon in Kingsville, and this uh, that's it's good. The lines are filled. Thank you so much. I'll, uh, hers yeah. is open now at eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Ramon, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are y'all? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I have a question. Uh, I've had a, a peach tree that I planted almost a year and a half ago. Uh, and it uh, it was thriving at first, at the beginning of first year, first six months. But um, it doesn't seem to be containing its leaves as much as it should. And uh, been watering it fertilizing it uh i use miracle growth and i use also use the fruit steaks um, mm-hmm. and it's a it, the peach tree is a peach floor floor the king number five florida king okay that's good yeah 
And uh, I bought that because it's supposed to be, since we are very hot down here in South Texas, uh, it's supposed to be very hardy for the, for this weather. Um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not because you're hot that you need that one. It's because you don't have very many cold uh, uh, hours in the wintertime. It will bloom without a long winter. That's why, that's why Florida King and some of the other, low, they're called low-chill varieties. Oh, I think that, okay. yeah, that that plant would try to bloom in uh, if I grew it in the Dallas area where I live, it would try to bloom on the on the fourth of January. <laughs> it would it would get frozen every year, never have fruit. Yeah. So well, anyway, go ahead. Fruit. Go ahead. They had fruit the first the first month that I planted it because when I planted it, it was uh, uh, it was already starting to bloom. So uh, I went ahead, uh, and I think, I, if I recall correctly, I think that was back in uh, June of, uh, no, uh, June or July of last year. And so um, it's, uh, it gave me uh, some fruits on it, uh, some peaches, but small, of course. But they uh, did not produce hardy, as, as I would have expected it to have been. Um, so I went ahead and, uh, and I noticed that they had some uh some uh, uh, those white bugs on it, what they called amphids. So I, I treated it with a, a with a external killer, and, okay. that, and that seemed to get rid of it. But uh, the tree still kept losing its leaves. As a matter of fact, uh, it, some of them dried out. So I bought a systemic killer from uh, one of the plants nurseries in Corpus Christi, and that seemed to help it a bit, but it still seem to struggle and to this day it's still uh like the leaves are turning like a brownish brownish uh green but they're uh they're curling what do you think would be causing uh, its lack of growth all right number one when you get a new uh peach tree yeah uh and plant it you want to you want to prune it to 22 to 24 inches of height whether it's out of a container or whether it's uh, out of a pot, because you're going to develop what's called scaffold branches that uh, you, you want three scaffold branches that come off the trunk at uh, 120 degree angles. In other words, equally spaced around the trunk. They're going to be almost horizontal. You want the branches to go out, um, uh, out like a cereal bowl, a big wide cereal bowl as the tree matures. And so those three scaffold branches will come up a couple feet off the ground and go out away from the, the plant. When, when it's mature, bear with me. I'm giving you the full thing, and I'm starting at the I'm, – I'm, I'm reading you the last page of the book first, which makes no sense. But, but when, when the tree is mature, it should be probably about 10 feet tall and 15 or 16 feet wide. And the reason is you're always removing things that grow up, and uh, you don't want you don't want height on this tree. You want width. Okay, and you do that every winter, All right? So that takes care of that, and that's that's the first thing you do when you plant it is to prune it back a good bit to make it branch sideways. Okay. I don't know if you did that, but I didn't hear that in your discussion. No, Second, I, I did not. No, as a matter of fact, I did the opposite. Okay, that will help it uh, get established better. Because the first couple of years that you have a young fruit tree, you don't want any fruit. You don't want any more 
growth uh, up than you have to have. You want it to grow out, and you want it to spend all of its energy producing those scaffold branches, leaves. And anytime okay. you have any fruit at all, it hurts the growth. It hurts the leaves. It takes nurse, uh, water and, and nourishment away from the leaves. Uh, all of Texas faced a horrible drought this year. And so if there are fruit on trees taking water away from leaves, it's going to hurt the leaves. So that's probably part of it. If you had insects, they would have taken uh, uh, some of the some of the uh, uh, life out of the leaves also. One other thing, uh, I would be really cautious using systemic insecticides around fruit trees. Uh, you don't yeah. know how long those are going to stay in the tree, and, and you don't want that in your fruit. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do that as a general course. Um, okay. What else do I need to tell you? Um, about the transplanting, because I was I was thinking about transplanting it to a different location. Um, in in it's probably uh, in a good location, unless it's in the shade, it, it'll do all right where it is. Um, okay. The the things that will make it grow will be regular and ample water. Don't ever let it get dry during the growing season at any time, and uh, then uh, a. Uh, a good fertilizer program. What kind of soil do you have? You have clay or sand? Yeah, well, we got a mixture of most, but you, man, you don't have to go more than two feet, and you hit clay. Don't worry. All right. Well, its roots are not going to go that far for the most part. Yeah. So, if you have sand, sandy soil on top, I would use a fertilizer that has um, a three-one-two ratio, like fifteen-five-ten or eighteen-six-twelve. Uh-huh. Where, where you have all three, all three of the numbers, and you have three times as much of the first number as the middle number. Those are the two that matter the most. The first number is for leaves, that's nitrogen. Okay. The second number is phosphorus, and that's for uh, flowers and fruit and roots. And um, most of our soils have, if we have clay, we have too much phosphorus already. Okay. So we don't want to add that. But if you have sandy soil primarily, then you would add a fertilizer that has some phosphorus. Once in a while, okay. every four or five years, you ought to have your soil tested and see what yeah. A&M, your soil testing lab at A&M, see what they recommend to you. But that will get you started. Water and fertilizer and good pruning will, will take care of that peach tree, and you have a good variety for the for the uh, South Texas area. I also planted some, uh, some uh, apple trees and... Uh, they are also seem to be growing extremely slow. Uh, should I top those off the same way that you were speaking about? Not as much as you do peach trees, but apples are way south, and and they're going to be more of a challenge for you. There are not yeah. uh, there, there are not as many good apples for deep South Texas as there are peach trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's going to be that's going to be yeah that's going to be more challenging. Take a look on the Texas A and M website, and they have a fact sheet for every fruit crop you might want to grow and, and yeah. it'll give you a great deal of help it's it's a wonderful reference it's a whole collection of fact sheets written by their very best horticulturists and okay. um i may be able hang on just a moment i may be able to pull up the yeah here is the hub this is the uh resource pay well let's see yeah the url is kind of lengthy but look up uh, aggie horticulture fruit and nut and, and that's fruit and nut. Okay. fruit and nut and you'll find a sheet that i don't have a number for that page uh, they don't have a you know an item number but but they have 
you can you can find fact sheets on apples, avocados, blackberries, blueberries, figs, uh, olives, peaches, pecans, pears, the whole works. I, that's a third of the list. So uh, that's that's a good resource. Hey, I got to run. I hope that helped. Well, Thanks yeah, I mean, call. I'm glad that you told me about the transplant because uh, I was thinking about transplanting over to a shady area. A shady oh, area. You don't want that. No, you don't want that. That is the heat. The heat did not bother it. The heat did not bother it. They can handle that. So, okay. got to run. Appreciate your call. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. okay. Uh, bye bye. All right. Let me tell you about my book right now. My book has a chapter on fruit, and uh, I use those fact sheets and, and and a lot of other information from A and M liberally for it. This is my Christmas offer for my book, the perfect gift that will be used and remembered for years. It covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas, landscaping, lawns, fruit and flower and vegetable gardening, everything. Chapter two is that 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all your plants. This is 344 pages, 840 of my photos. It's a hardback and printed in Texas. I sign every copy as it sells, and I personally guarantee your satisfaction or you'll get a full refund. I self-published the book to keep the price as low as possible. It's only $38.95. Satisfaction is guaranteed or a full refund, as I mentioned. Now, the special Christmas offer I have for you for the holidays, first book at $38.95, but the second and third book shipped to the same address, just $33.95 each. You save $5 a book. Now, you order it from my web. It's not stores, not on Amazon. You order it from neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And while you're there, you'll see a lot more about the book. Or you can call my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW. That's 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it, Sperry. Dot com. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Let's quickly go to Conley and Alpine. Conley, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. How's it going? Doing all right. How can I help? All right. So I have a question. I have uh, these things outside uh, my patios just after Halloween. Uh, <laughs> the, the pumpkins. I have about six, seven. And I want to know, so they're starting to rot a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. how can I maximize that? Should I make a compost, throw them in the trash can? Like, what, how do you maximize uh, some rotting pumpkins? You can certainly put them in the compost pile. You will get uh, seeds germinating. If you, if you have a way to go in there with a big scoop of some sort or a trowel and get the seeds out of the way, that might save you some trouble later. Or... Um, uh, if the seeds do germinate, just be ready with a hoe to hoe them off. You don't want them to grow because you don't know what you'll have. You'll you'll probably have a pumpkin, but it won't be like the one you had. And oh, if, if, okay. there, if there are kids or grandkids involved, they will say, oh, we won't let it grow, and you'll end up giving up half the backyard to it and, and get <laughs> some kind of odd fruit. But uh, anyway, I, they are very definitely good for the compost. Yes, you can. Okay, well, yeah, they're jack-o'-lanterns, and we scoop all the seeds out of them. So, uh, right. you know, out here in Alpine, the javelina is kind of have their way with them, I think. So. Oh, yeah, we have feral hogs where I live. We're having, a, having fits with them, so it's uh, yeah. not a lot of fun. Yeah. 
I hear you. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot. We'll we'll add it to the compost today. Appreciate the call. Wish I were in Alpine. I love Alpine. Have a good day. (laughs) You too. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Bye-bye. I almost hung up my phone. I almost hung up my phone just then, broadcasting on my own phone because I'm at at home. I I will just say quickly, I don't need to explain five times a minute, but kind of confined to the house with vertigo today. Let me tell you about my website, and I'll do this in uh, 20 seconds. It's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. That is where you go to sign up for eGardens, my electronic newsletter that is free. It is where you find my 1,001 frequently asked questions. And uh, for me, at least at this point, most importantly, it is where you buy my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, that is uh, now being offered with a wonderful holiday special. Take a look, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. And it was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are more than 90 years later, and the Mueller name has been become known across the South as having the very finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in Texas. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home. A roof has been made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com to learn more and to find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by any one of their 33 locations. Mueller. Made in America, made to last, Mueller, Inc., M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C dot com. More after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. And thanks to all of you who have listened to what is not the, the finest air quality of a radio program, but I really am grateful that you've listened. Let's go to Glenn in the fine town of Henrietta. Glenn, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you bet. I hope you get the feeling better. Oh, it's, it's uh, all right. I'm fine if I'm sitting still. <laughs> uh, my question for you is uh, my, my very nice Bermuda grass lawn has been destroyed over the last couple of weeks by feral hogs. Oh, uh, my, just like I was talking about. Yeah, so my question for you is I've got a lot of bare ground now with hopefully good Bermuda roots underneath it. How do I prepare right. it for the winter? So hopefully my Bermuda will come back in the spring. Do you have uh, are the are the hogs uh, under control now? Probably not. Well, hopefully so. They they came every night for about two weeks, but now there's somebody from the government, believe it or not, out here with traps, and I think Good. that's gonna, hopefully going to make some improvement. Yeah, we've had them coming back onto our property now after five years. Um, Corps of Engineers is doing a lot of work on the land adjacent to us. Okay, number one, I would I would try to even up the the ground as much as you can right now while 
Oh yeah, fresh soil get as much of it back in the holes that they've dug. Yes, it, okay. you have Bermuda that will come back in the spring. Um, rake it and level it as best you can. Um, if you have big areas that are going to be muddy and bare, you could plant annual ryegrass, and it would go away in May, and it would be a good cover for you. You still have time to yeah. do that. Um, you may want to do an extra special job of fertilizing it uh, early. I'm going to have Jared. I'm going to have Jared give you a phone number. You could call me at one o'clock. That might work. Happy gardening, everybody.